0: Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about week one of the NFL football season, some of the surprises and disappointments. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to also get into Naomi Osaka winning the U.S. Open, but there has been controversy with Selena Williams and that whole ordeal. We're going to talk about that as well. My co-host, Adrian Capwell and Earl Rawls, join me, Al Rawls. and that's on Guys Talking Sports, which begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Great to have y'all here. Got my co host with me, Adrian Catwell and Ross. So, what's going on, fellas? Man, how y'all guys doing today?
1: Uh, Doing good. Uh,
2: The rain finally let up, and now it's hot and humid.
1: Yeah, it was great not to have the EC on for the past couple days. But I digress. Well, with this upcoming uh, hurricane, we may see a little bit of rain on Friday, but after that, it kind of clears up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um hurricane right now is just kind of messing up a lot of things right now, especially in the college football, it's the football season. Um, I know the South, um, for the most part, you know, schedules may change due to the um, pending weather conditions. But, you know, we just want everybody to make sure that your guys stay safe down there as well. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, NFL season started season one. Um, so I'm just gonna start this off as an open round robin to who any, anyone that just want to start. Um, what were your surprises and what were your disappointments um, in week one, season one?
1: Uh, the Jets in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew. I kinda knew the Jets could possibly be better. Um, Sam Darnold really came out there and managed managed a pretty good game. You know, they they made the right calls, put the put the right place right players in right places. Um, defense played outstanding, but then again, I don't know if the defense is really that good or it's Detroit that's really just that bad. God, Detroit sucked. (laughs) Jeez Now, you know the game is bad when ESPN has the doubleheader, and they decided, well, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and just, uh, move this game on to ESPN 2. <laughs> Let's bring in Oakland and L.A. because uh, this game is insignificant at this point. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought Darnold came out, like like Earl said, well, you know, good message, same old Jets, first pass, pick six. Um. But he came back out, man, and and really established himself as a decent quarterback. I'll be I'll be looking forward to watching him play some more throughout the regular season if he can keep that same level of uh, effectiveness. And if the defense plays up the part, it just may surprise somebody. I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC East, but they might stoke a little fear in New England. Um, let them know that you know this isn't New England's uh, division anymore or conference anymore to uh, to reign supreme.
2: Yeah, my I my, I'm, I'm I'm a tie. The Jets, or the the Jets defense, I'll probably say, really shocked the hell out of me. I I didn't see that one coming. I mean, I don't know if, if it was true that they knew the uh, <laughs> the play calls before they even called to snap the plays, but um, so something was going on because you know they were getting interceptions and hits. I mean, everybody was getting lit up in that game. I mean, quarterback, receivers, running back. It was a lot of wood being tossed out in that game. But for me, the one big shocker was um, the Bucs in the Saints game. Who the heck knew Fitzpatrick was going to dr- drop four TDs, 417 yards, ran for one. I he He's a competent quarterback. But I never saw him do that with the Jets. He,
1: he did that with the Jets. I, I missed that one. The one year that he – I think he let – I think he almost got into the playoffs. I'm going to have to look that up. Uh but he had a great season one year with the Jets. I think it was his, his first season.
2: But a game like that with with, with uh with those numbers?
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Fitzpatrick,
2: yeah. They I mean, about. they are, they are upset the Saints and I mean, they were going shot for shot with them in uh I mean, like, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is what he is. I mean, you know, he's a journeyman quarterback. You know, he's good. But I just haven't recalled seeing him put that kind of game together.
1: Oh, in 2015 with the Jets, he threw for damn near 4,000 yards and 31 touchdowns. That's when he had a healthy Brandon Marshall (laughs) and, um, and old boy. And um, I forget the other uh, receiver. He just recently retired. Um. So, yeah, he's he's good. It's like he does it, like, every five years. Like, in 2011 with Buffalo, he threw for almost 3,900 yards. TD's interception weren't all that great. But, I mean, he'll, every so often, every fifth year so, he'll give you a decent season. So, I guess he's due.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, if he can keep wrapping up games like he did against the Saints, then, then oh, my, you know. But um, I think those are the two games that really, for me, stood out everything else. I mean, the – the Steelers and the Browns. Uh, I watched that game and I was hoping the Browns pull it out and they got a tie. So it was just a tie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At least, at least everybody knew what the tie was.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Was it, uh, who was it? uh,
2: Donovan McNabb. Yeah.
1: There's such a thing as a tie.
2: (laughs) Yes, there's a tie in football, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, those are the two things that really kind of stood out to me. Um, Sam Darnold, I mean, he looked good. We'll see how the season progresses. I mean, it's one game uh, against Detroit. Um, so, you'll, we'll have to see how it unfolds for him to see if he's truly a real deal or is this just an aberration. So, for me, I'll see. But those are the two surprises that stood out to me for week one.
0: Yeah, I – I kind of agree with you on that. To be honest, I agree with you about the surprises. Um, I, did, I didn't I did expect the Jets to play that well, but I think that it was more so Detroit's offense. I agree with you, Adrian. That offense is, is – uh, something is wrong, and they need to fix that with the quickness because everything – the execution that Detroit played with was just horrendous, like – i I never seen – and it was funny because I was just going to change my quarterback and add Matt Stafford in before season one started. I'm so glad that I didn't. (laughs) Um, I was just going to add him um, as part of my roster, and I was like, "Mm, maybe I should hold off, and I'm glad I did. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I didn't see that coming, but um, I wonder if that's more so Fitzpatrick or if it was more so the Saints' defense. Like, I'm really at a toss to be seeing how – because these quarterbacks just played, like like you said, earlier, they played one season, I mean, one week, one game. So, we'd love to see how this progresses going forward. But I know for a fact that the Detroit Lions offense needs to have – something needs to happen because they can't play like this this whole season. Um I am surprised that Cleveland didn't win that game. I was really rooting for them to win their first game in the regular season. Uh, Being the first game that they won in the past two seasons, um, I really wanted to see them pull that out. Um, But the one – I guess the one thing that I will have to say I'm very interested in is the Chicago Bears and their defense. Khalil Mack showed himself. He showed himself. And if I'm the Oakland Raiders team – I mean, fans – I am just at of awe the fact that he wanted
2: to leave that team. They didn't want to leave. He just got traded. No,
0: from from what I heard, he didn't want to stay there.
2: Was it because they just were squabbling about the money, and then eventually he he wanted to be out? I, now that I don't know,
0: and I I, I I but him his performance in Chicago is <laughs> I know Oakland fans. I mean the Raiders fans is just like. Just putting their heads down right now in shame. And one more thing I want to say is the fact that we still haven't heard anything from Bell in Pittsburgh. And he still doesn't look like he's gonna start in week two or coming back for week two's game. So between he just, that
1: He just hurting himself. Financially, I should say. Eight hundred and thirty five
2: grand a week. per per, oh, per per game check.
1: And I just have to suck it up. <laughs> but the thing is, is
0: that right now Pittsburgh is playing like they really don't need them. Like I'm not saying that they don't. I'm saying that if they continue to win, then what does win. that tell you?
1: They ain't win. <laughs> and I'm but not they... saying that Bell would have made much of a difference in that game because Roethlisberger played like crap.
0: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true.
1: Yeah, James Cromer was a. Uh,
2: I mean, he. He was a decent stand-in, and I think they're going to try to, you know, toe the line with him. If they can get by with, you know, their running game being pretty decent, then I think they'll they won't they will not will not hurt as as much. But if they come out and lose game two, and then lose game three, and their running and their running attack is just putrid, then you're going to hear a lot of cries about him, you know, coming back into it. Now I, I would suspect at that point that a deal will get worked out or something to come to an agreement where you know, just sign the franchise tax right now. We'll take care of you next season, something like that. Or, or they might work out a contract where they'll give them, like, a million or two, two signing bonus on top of that and then work out the extension on the offseason. That's if they go, like, oh, and, you know, what, oh, and one in the run game looks bad. But does I mean, Bell
0: sign that, though? Because Bell will hold all the cards going forward if that's the case.
2: You don't want to lose any more money, and if the Pittsburgh gets desperate, and you can get a an agreement with them that you know, sign it, and they will give you the extension in the off season. It's been done before, so
0: if I'm him, I recoup every law, the money that's lost from the games that I miss.
2: Does that go in the escrow, or is that just money? Just you don't have to pay him.
1: I think this is money gone. <laughs> that's a,
2: that's that's over a million dollars already. Uh,
1: I don't know. I I, I I see what Le'Veon Bell is doing. I mean, he brings an added dimension to the Steelers' offense, especially with his uh, ability to uh, to pass catch out the backfield or catch passes out the, uh, the backfield. But in the same sense, I mean, he was making fourteen point something million on that on that franchise tag. I mean, and outside of Gurley, was nobody making that type of money as a running back. So I'm just like, dude, learn from Kirk Cousins. Take the franchise tags, boom, and then parlay yourself into a grantee contract for X amount of dollars like Kirk Cousins and be done with it. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins really set the the table as far as how particular contracts can be done because nobody – and Le'Veon is getting up there in age, I think he's going to be 27. He needs to secure whatever he can secure the next two, three years because after that you're a thirty year old running back, you ain't getting no real money. And I know that's why he's trying to sit there and get get really paid, but still, man, fourteen fourteen million ain't nothing to sneeze at.
2: Fourteen ain't it's just a question of what's gonna be after the next year because he's an unrestricted free agent after the end of this season, so and, and, and on a and on side note, Al, does he really want to come back after the, the, the old line was popping off at the mouth about his, um, his contract?
0: The question is now, more importantly, does the, does the players welcome back with open arms? Because no matter what, even if he does come back, there's going to be chemistry issues there. So what are you going to do after the fact? Because once he does come back, they got him in a lot of fences for him to start working together. So the question, you're right. I, I, that's a good question because the old line, who's gonna, I mean, who's gonna apologize first? Is the old line gonna be like, "Yo, my bad for all that," or do they gonna say, "Nah, he owes us an apology for not being here to begin with"? Is Bell gonna be that person to say, "You know what? That's my fault, but it's about my money."
2: Yeah, it's it's business, and they all gonna be in the same boat, you know, eventually down the line. I mean, right now, his business is the dirty lines you got aired out in the street. Usually players keep all that stuff in-house. No one ever talks about anybody else's money, but the old line, for whatever reason, talking about that stuff. I mean, even Antonio Brown was trying to, you know, calm things down and say, you know, we shouldn't be out like this, and, you know, family squabbles will get all worked out. But, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's stuff you don't like to hear from, from your teammates.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean – it's not like he's just speaking his mind, though. I understand that, you know, you know, you keep it in house, but you know, at this point, you, you get to a point where you get frustrated hearing all that news about other people, you know, people that's not even a part of, that's not even playing on your team yet, or who hasn't even been in practice uniform. Like to be honest, I would have I would rather him said, you know what, I only want to talk about, dude. I'm talking about who, the people that's here on this team that's playing right now, that's practicing right now, that we're all preparing for week one. That probably would have been much more better than to go after um, Bell individually. So. And, that's,
2: and, uh, and that's how all the um, past NFL players all agree that either they say that or say nothing at all.
0: Yeah. I guess that makes sense in a nutshell. Um so let me ask you guys a question. We, with everything going on, all right. So, with that being said, and with all the happenings that hap- well, all the things that happened in week one, do you see? First things first. I completely forgot about this. There was no concentra- There was no controversy as far as anything. As far as kneeling or something that I missed on week one. Correct. Everything seemed to be like. Just going with the flow.
2: Yeah, no one, as far as, as far as I can remember, would tell there was nothing, n- n- nothing out there about kneeling or, okay. or anybody or anybody uh, it's ridiculous.
1: Well, I, I I heard two players kneeled on Sunday. That's it. I don't know who the two are.
0: Okay. All right. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess it didn't make that much noise if if that was the case because most likely we probably would have heard about that um or they're just you know minimizing it to the fact that they're just going to focus on football but i guess that kind of works out um but my question is to you guys is is that now that week one is out of the picture um what do you think as far as the nfl is You think that the NFL as a whole is going the right direction when it comes to um, not the controversies that surrounds the NFL? You think that they're going in the right direction as far as minimizing a lot of, of the social media stuff that's out there as far as, you know, everything that speaks negative about NFL? You think they're starting to flow in the right direction this upcoming season?
2: Uh, I don't know. It remains to be seen. I mean, you haven't had anything that got kicked up or stirred any dust on week one. I think everybody was just so happy to open shop without any potentially major issues. Um,
0: well, wait, wait. Before I to that, the reason why I asked that question is because I think last year, week one, um, there was a lot of um, – most of the talk was about the, um, uh, the officials um, missing calls and um, making bad plays, if I remember correctly um did that happen like the first couple of weeks of the nfl season right where people was questioning the nfl refs as far as the play calling or uh, as even as the penalty uh, call,
1: I say?
2: uh i think i mean i don't know there was some there was some dust up with with the refs but i i don't think it it was anything major i mean they really hadn't had like a um i mean a, a few years ago they had the, the NF the, uh, the umps that was on strike and he had the uh the replacement refs and that was a disaster but um yeah, no, I mean, like, it's, no, there hasn't been anything. They've, everything ran smooth, put like that. There's okay. been n- nothing up. I mean, you say like, you said, two people kneeled. The president didn't get up and say anything about the players, which really makes the situation ten times worse whenever he speaks his mind or speaks his ass about, you know, the NFL players kneeling. I think they just want him just to be quiet and shut the hell up and just play football because once he – puts himself into the conversation, then it makes it, it brings it back up to the forefront. And right now, I think the NFL just wants things to be quiet. They just want football, and they just want the money, you know, the money in the piggy bank. They don't want anything else rocking the boat.
1: Well, they're hoping for a quiet season, but for some odd reason, I think something's going to happen, something, some political figure or somebody is going to say something and is this going to go awry and then we're going to be back to square one. You know, I, I still find it crazy how people are still in the uproar about Kaepernick being the face of the campaign for Nike. And now you have businesses that are coming out saying that if people are wearing Nike's, they're not allowed in their business or
0: employees are not allowed to wear Nikes
1: or I'm like, dude, I didn't hear that. I mean, Oh, I'd have to Google it, but, um, give me a second. Uh,
0: so wait, businesses are saying that if people are wearing Nike, um, apparel that they, they're not allowed into their stores.
1: Yeah, How can Mm. Oh, like for here, here's one two days ago Louisiana mayor bans purchase of Nike products for city. <laughs> That's this one.
0: Uh, wait, 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 the Louisiana mayor bans
1: purchase of Nike products for what? League. Hold um, on, um, for city. city recreational facilities.
2: <laughs> tell, them how, tell them how you really feel, people.
1: Under no circumstance will any Nike product be purchased for use or delivery at any city of Kenner recreation facility. The mayor declared in a memo. This is in Kenner, Louisiana.
0: <laughs> what happens if they buy it anyway?
2: Like I, 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 I don't <laughs> understand that. Like <laughs> fire him on the spot for buying from, for buying a Nike, a Nike product. <laughs> it's I, mean,
0: man. I don't understand like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. That don't make no sense. Like how can you tell people not to wear an apparel of that's the whole definition of freedom of choice. So, how can you ban a, a, a wreck for um for them purchasing Nike products? What, what some parents still going to buy a, a Nike product and they're going to go there anyway. What are you gonna do next? Ban them because they're wearing it? I, anyway, that's, I, I don't understand that. Like, it, it's it's so funny to me how people think about things like this. Like, oh, you know, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this company doing this. So we're gonna do something. I'm gonna do something about it to make my voice. It doesn't make sense. You're just one person. People still gonna. You represent one person that maybe out of ten people will still buy their apparel just because of things like that. So, you saying all this ain't gonna make a difference in the world.
2: Yeah. And, and it shows the, it shows some people's small minded knee jerk reactions to stuff like that. I mean, this kind of stuff is def- is definitely flushing a lot of people's feelings out and. I think a lot of stuff is ridiculous, but I'm like, okay, please, stand up. Everybody that feels that way, that hasn't been saying anything, stand up. We know who you are.
1: Dude, it's just crazy, man. <laughs> I,
0: I, uh, never, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. Because not only does – all you're really doing right now is going to force people that don't agree with you to do it regardless anyway. So what does that – I mean – You putting your voice out there, now people are hearing you. So when now people are hearing you, they're going to react. Just because you put yourself out there, you said just peace, doesn't mean that it's just going to end. There's always going to be someone speaking back at you. And I just don't understand why people think that they can do it and think that just because their voice is heard, that's the end of it. It's not the end of it. That's just the beginning. Now you're gonna wait to hear people retaliate because of what you said and what you've done. And like Earl said, you're putting your voice out there now, so
1: it's crazy, man. It's uh, I'm not here to talk politics, but the last two years, man, people just you know, it just you know how when you boil milk too much and the, the curdles to the top. <laughs> Is all these jokers nowadays? This coming out is truly saying how they feel and showing their actions. I'm not saying one has a direct correlation with the other, but it sure is hell uh, coincidental. <laughs> I
0: would, I will say this. I would not be surprised because, from a politics side, I understand. But I would not be surprised if some sports person, like right now, there's a lot of people that's the, you know that is you know speaking their mind against. Um, you know, against the politicians and how they feel about the Nike apparel, I would not be surprised if someone's going to come out there, whether it's a sports reporter or a sports athlete, where they're going to actually agree with or, you know, say, you know what, I agree, I'm not wearing Nike no more. You know, I'll stick to doing this, this, and this. And I agree with some of the um, sayings that, you know, our current president says. I would not be surprised if that will start a firestorm of, of, of people in sports. In the world of sports.
1: Oh, that just means that companies like Adidas, Under Armour, and everybody else will be looking at the chops. Because <laughs> then they'll benefit from those particular stars not wanting to go with Nike. Of course.
0: But, of course.
1: Just like I heard your uh, – the Tennessee now, now is about to sign the uh, the the highest ever shoe contract – well, the highest ever Adidas contract for a female athlete. Who is the, uh, the young lady who just beat Serena in the US Open. Oh, Naomi? Yeah. She's about to sign the richest contract for a female with Adidas.
0: No, but she should get her money. Like, at this point, she should get her money. And that's a great way, this is a great segue to jump into what our next topic is. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Before we continue with the next podcast, though, we got to thank our sponsors. So, right now, let's take a minute, thank our sponsors.
2: You know, Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. And the truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you gotta check out my bookie. Now remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's what we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Now trust us guys, they are the best this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Now just lay down some cash and win big today. And we only recommend a service to our listeners. It's been good to us. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most reward player person, in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over and under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Remember, use promo code GUYS100 to activate the offer, and MyBookie will match um, your listener's first deposit, 100% up to $1,000. Now remember, visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M Y B And don't forget to use the promo code GUYS100 when creating your account to claim the bonus. Remember, you play you win, you get paid. Serena
0: Williams lost to... Naomi um, Asaka um, in the U.S. Open Finals. Um, But that is not really the talking point. The talking point, of course, is the whole um, reaction to Serena Williams and the ref um, during that whole finals, which was was, was controversial, of course. But it cost her to win the U.S. Open Finals. So uh, let me get your guys' take on this um, because there's been a lot of back and forth Um, there's a lot of backlash, um, so to speak, as far as from the refs' side and from Serena Williams' side. And there's just – it's just blowing out of – like blowing way, way, way bigger than what it is. So let me get your
2: guys' take on that. Well, I I mean, I I was watching the match myself, um, you know, and, you know, you know, at first, it was just I was trying to figure out what was all happening because I was kind of flipping back and forth a little bit near the middle of the match between um, that and college football. So everything sparked off in the second set um, with the um, chair chair on um, Carl, Carlos Ramos where he gave a code of conduct penalty to her coach because he thought – because he said her, her coach was coaching. Mm-hmm. He said that he wasn't and they were going back and forth about that, and she said she doesn 't cheat she'd rather lose and um then it kind of started escalating from there, and then she got frustrated in this match, slammed down a racket that was considered a second warning of code of conduct, which caused her a game point that really really set her off and then there was some back and forth about it, and she was you know claiming that you know he was you know you know not doing as fair and a point from her, and then you know she called him a thief, and you know and that's when he gave her a third code um, of conduct violation, which was a game was a um, loss of a game, which made it at that point, um, I think it made it um, four to two um, in favor of Naomi Osaka, and, and the second, the first set. I mean, Naomi was really giving it to her. I mean, you know, she wasn't rattled by the bright lights or anything. I mean, she came in there. It was definitely a pro Serena crowd in that in that stadium. Um, but she played – she was playing a game, and she really was bringing it to Serena. And Serena was, you know, she had her hands full. But in the second set, it looks like Serena was starting to kind of settle things down. But clearly, the girl was not going away. And then that whole thing popped off. And then she was claiming sexism against the um, – against the ref because she's saying guys have said far worse and I've seen some his matches and guys have said far worse and the umps have not done anything. Um but this ref they you know they said has had a history of giving people guys as well um quote concept penalties in the past. Um so I think the I'm not gonna say there was no merit to her sexism you know, argument. I mean, I think there is as far as, you know, a certain degree, but he has done it to others, a male figure. So, I I mean, she does have a, you know, like stand on. But to me, it overshadowed Naomi's win, and she definitely won this match. Now, I think after the loss of the game, I think that Serena was probably rattled to this point where she was out of her game, not focused, and other girls stayed in pocket and won. But I was a little bit disappointed because I was hoping that Serena would kind of collect herself and kind of, you know, get herself back and playing, you know, tennis. And it's a lot of blame to be going around. Maybe the young could have been like, all right, if you keep talking, I'll be forced to give you the penalty and you're going to lose a game. And Serena should have, you know, kind of shows a little bit of restraint, in my opinion. But there was blame all over the round. I mean, the ref was, you know – he probably could have shown a little more restraint in this finals match. Serena probably could have shown a bit more restraint, kind of been like, you know, you got your first penalty, you know, irregardless of whether you thought he was cheating or not. He gave you that penalty. You had to know that a second or a third was going to do that. Once you slammed the racket, that was the second one. So it was a bad look to a um, a match. that actually started out pretty good, but I mean, you could tell that the girl was definitely giving it to her and, Whether or not this whole thing would have cost her to win, I mean, she did come back in the past to win some matches, but it was just an ugly look. Um, You know, I – the girl, Naomi, won, but there was a lot of boos after the fact, not towards her, but I think towards how the game unfolded. And you don't want a game or finals decided in that kind of way. And, I mean, it doesn't – she won, um, but – it takes a little bit away because no one is talking about, her, you know, this youngest girl ever winning a, um, a Grand Slam. The whole talk has been about Serena and the ump and sexism and how everything pulled it out. So it was, it was a bad way for this finals to, um, to unfold. And, it's, you know, you got to give the girl name Prop. She did her thing. I mean, she was, you know, she played particularly well in the tie Open. She got the person she idolized. She was playing against her in the finals, but it just went sideways, and it went sideways quick.
1: Did you guys see that little cartoon piece of the dude who drew Serena, I guess, jumping on a racket, but Serena was big and honky.
0: Yeah. With the
1: black face, with the big lips.
0: Yeah, I saw that on Twitter this morning, man. I And I – I – well, I'm, I, let me get your take on that, Adrian.
1: Oh, dude, this just this, this, this is crazy how it's 2018 and stuff like that is still kind of popping up in today's society. And, you know that was the the thing down in the, I guess in the 30s and 40s when they were doing that sort of thing uh, with minstrels, I guess, which is kind of kind of effed up. <laughs> You know, the sad thing about it is the dude who ever drew it didn't even lose his job or anything like that. It's just
0: no, they defended him,
1: right? Which is crazy.
2: Yeah, well, this 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 didn't and wouldn't have happened in the U.S. This was out of uh, Melbourne, Australia. So, I mean, they look at things
1: differently.
2: certain certain parts of the world look at things a lot differently than here in the states, right?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I. What what killed me was that whole picture. Like, not just that, they didn't even draw Naomi right. Like, they gave her right. blonde hair,
1: right? Like, Long blonde hair. That yeah. <laughs>
0: like, like you, you <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, I who, number one, whoever drew that, like, I understand what they was trying to accomplish, but it was just. Yeah, it was just bad timing. Like they could have kept that simple. Um if he wanted to do that, he could have t- done that down significantly. And how they is it, it, everything was just is now just being, you know how like when you step too close to something and it automatically blows up? That's how exactly how how this is going. Like it's just spiral all over the place. And now you got you know people defending the you know the, the um the cartoonist that drew that picture you got people like the referees the um ITF is now defending the Carlos Ramos and his um um his ref his umpire their umpire saying that he took undertook his duties as an official according to the um rule book and acted at all times with professionalism and integrity so it's I I like like we talked about it's one of those things where it's now coming out to light how people are are, are I mean I I had literally saw people arguing saying that Serena shouldn't have gotten that ticked off and I kind of agree with her like I agree with you Earl in the fact that by the second warning you know that this is an important game like that's something that you could have controlled but even if that's the case you could also understand why she got upset in the first place when you feel as though that everything is on your shoulders and um, for the most part, you feel as though that you're being railroaded while in playing this this important match. So I get both sides to it. But the one person at this point, I really don't, to me, that doesn't really even matter. The one thing that concerns me is the fact that Naomi um, is getting a brunt of this when she should be celebrating for winning the final. Doesn't matter how she won it. But the fact is that she did win it. And, you know, kudos for her getting that deal um, with Adidas. But the thing is, is that all this talk is now is going to be about Serena. And people are still defending Serena about her actions. But people should also be celebrating what Naomi did. I think that it should go both ways. You know, these two competitors played a great match Unfortunately, it is the way it ended, but at the end of the day, Naomi is still a US champion. And that's something that should be commended for what she's done, not just for the fact of how Serena lost, but to celebrate the fact that Naomi did win. Um, I think that's really most important at this stage. It shouldn't be anything else but that.
2: Yeah, and I would like, hopefully, the people in the media and the news articles will just make the correction. She's not the first Japanese. You know, player to win the champion. She's the first Haitian and Japanese player to win. They just skipped over the Haitian portion of her, which you can tell because wow. not all Japanese are that, you know, caramel <laughs> complexion. Right, right. First Haitian, Japanese, Japanese, Haitian, however you want to put it, but represent her properly on both sides and not just skip one and just say she's the first Japanese person. Now, nah, don't. You know,
1: no, now, I I to, if I you not love if the, the fact celebrated, celebrated celebrate right. I love the fact that she defended her Haitian heritage and made it clear that she's Haitian, Jap- Japanese, Haitian, or however, You know, Japanese. <laughs> I don't know. But, no, but uh,
0: <laughs> I agree. With, I agree. That To be honest, I, I if I could make that, I would make that media as well. Like, to be honest, it shouldn't be... I understand that you have a position to argue what happened, which was controversial. I get that. But after the day of that Particular performance or the finals or the day after, it should now be celebrating the fact that Naomi Osaka did win this championship, and she should be celebrated as what as such. She should be treated, knowing about everything about Naomi, because she is going to be the future of the U.S. Open, whether people realize it or not. And that's something that needs to be understood. The fact that it is, it is Serena's. You know, is Serena making a comeback? That's all well and good. That's an important part of U.S. Open. But please, and I say this kindly please do not sleep on Naomi because she will win again. And I think that now, I, to be honest, I, I want her – I'm rooting for her to win again because that way it will silence critics to say that the fact that it, wasn't Serena, that it wasn't Naomi that won but Serena lost. I want her to silence the critics to say that Naomi is a great competitor, a great tennis player, and she should be treated as such. I hope they rank her high in the standings in the US, in tennis. Um, than where she is right now because she is a champion.
2: Yeah, I think that, um, like you said, uh, they, they, you know, they defended the ref. I mean, if you look at it, the ref acted in the letter of the law, if you want to call it that. I mean, he he went by the rules. I think that, you know, everybody, even some of the tennis pros can say, in his tennis match, you know, in the finals in the U.S. Open, Maybe you could have shown a little bit of leadway, like you have shown with some of the guys or some of the things that they said, but he just but he, he acted within the letter of the rule book as far as assessing the penalties and I think the whole thing about the you know the guy's coaching I think that's ridiculous, but I mean there's something that has to be said as far as they need to you know look deeply in how. These refs, ref women matches, and how they refs male matches, because there is a there is a, um, a discrepancy, and everybody says there is. Um, so I mean, sexism. I mean, I don't want to use much as race, you know, race part part of it because I don't see it in that context as being the, the major issue. But the way that there are refs, I think, and sexism would come into play in that. I think they definitely have to look at that. But I'm with you, Al. I hope that um, I mean I hope that you know Serena's comeback is going to be complete. That she does win and not have this again and not have this situation. If she does win, I do think that the U.S. Open, the U.S. tennis as a whole, wants to start to move away from this, um, the Williams sisters, specifically Serena they've been looking for someone who can rival and be that next face of women's tennis. They've had a couple of people come in in the last couple of years and no one has been able to win on a consistent basis to get tennis to start shifting from Serena over to this next person. Now they're going to try to put their foot forward and push out Naomi. At the, end of the day, she's going to have to win some matches and some more grand slams before they can really start making her the face. But I think – this whole incident, you're going to start to see tennis trying to move away from Serena being the face. But if she keeps winning Grand Slams, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's like almost like in – it's like with golf and the Tiger Wood effect. I mean, when Tiger Wood had his issues, he was out. I think a lot of people was clapping because they were ready to to get away from Tiger. They didn't realize how much money there was to make it when he was gone. And right. you realize all the people that they were trying to say – he's going to be the next one or whether it's going to be Rory or Jordan Spieth and the guys just couldn't cut the mustard. And then once they realize over the next couple of years, you know, the balance sheet don't look as healthy as it did in his heyday, they're like, Tiger, you need your back. You need your back now. Once he's back, everybody's <laughs> to make money again. So um, I say with tennis, be careful what you wish for. Like golf, golf had a taste of what it was, life without Tiger. They didn't like it. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, tennis, if you want life after Serena, you might not like it, you know, once you get it. But, you know, I hope I hope there's some good that comes out of all of this. I don't hey, know. Look, because,
1: hey. Well, I was going to say, you know, delightful uh, life past Serena, but people still got to understand that Venus and Serena is still killing it in the doubles uh, circuit. <laughs> as far as I know, they're still winning championships for doubles. Yeah. So, I mean – uh, Venus might be a little bit older, but Serena—I mean, considering her age, she's still she's still the top of her game. Understandably so. I mean, nobody's going to come back that quickly and be dominant after having a baby. But I guarantee, when she come back next year, after playing in some of these matches, she's going to come back with a with a huge chip on her shoulder. She's going to dominate once again.
0: And U.S.
2: Open and French Open,
1: right?
0: And to be honest, that's well and good because that's what the tennis, you know, tennis is going to look for that. To be honest, they need that next rival. And that's what I was saying before with Naomi and Serena. I think that that is going to be the next rival going forward because you have Serena still trying to continue and maintain her dominance. And you have a young up and comer as Naomi um, coming in to try and show what she can do. So hopefully they could benefit from going back and forth against each other. Um, be honest, I really wanted to see this play out to the end um, to see whether if Naomi can actually match up with Serena and her, her first shot, her first time going against her. So I'm um, definitely am interested to see how this portrays going forward because all in all, everybody's going to look for that matchup again.
2: Nobody else is really going to look at anything else. And she did beat it one time or once, or maybe twice before. At least once this year, um, earlier, but. You know, they're definitely going to be looking at this again once they move into the next, you know, tournament or the next, you know, Grand Slam. True.
1: I wonder if they're going to line it up where instead of Serena always having to meet Venus somewhere, I wonder, even though she might have just beaten Serena, I wonder if they're going to try to pit it so that she can match up against Venus to see if she can beat Venus. Now, of course, Venus is older. Venus is nowhere near as nice as she was maybe 10 years ago. But um, Venus is still some stiff competition. And I'd be curious to see. Because I think that, you know, Venus would then come in with a chip on her shoulder to say, yeah, you beat my sister. But I don't think you're good enough to beat me. And I, I would be, I'd be curious to see that, that match. <laughs>
0: but that's the intrigue. Because right. now, you know, that is going to be a story that tennis is going to look at. They're going to be like, yo, that could be a story that we can see develop if they actually match up in um, the next, you know, go around, they're going to bring that up and say, let's see what she can do against um, Serena's older sister and take it from there. But let me ask you a quick question before we go. Um, real quick, do you think that the umpire, I mean, the referee, Carlos, um, do you believe that, I forgot his full name, but do you believe Carlos, that he should be. Carlos Ramos. Yes, Carlos Ramos. Thank you. you Two believe they names. need to be um, refereeing or ump- umpiring or um any more Serena Williams' game going forward? Um, I, I, I didn't know that they umpires had a, a choice in who they ref and what they do. Well, let's just say for – let's just say, you know, could – if let's say, for example, that it draws up that way, um, do you think that he should be? Do you think that he should step down from refereeing the game because of the controversy that just took place?
2: Uh, I think they they'll probably try to avoid it as much as possible without looking like they're trying to avoid it. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, um, I mean, she came out after the match and said that, you know, you know, he was a good ref and, you know, she's chaired these ump matches with him before. So she really didn't completely throw him under the bus. I think she was throwing under the bus the sexism portion, but I could see it happening. I mean, I don't
1: know. It... I mean, you got football players and football teams that hate specific umpires and whomever officials that ref their games. They have no control over that. If you're a professional, you deal the you know you deal with the cards that you've been dealt, and you act accordingly. Now, if, now you know it's a, it's a problem if Serena comes back out a second time and starts all this commotion again under different circumstances. You know, it, I think it has everything to do with the fact. I think it was it was a couple uh, compilation of different things, uh, probably the added stress of. Yeah, I beat this twenty year old chick twice before. And now she's really giving it to me today. I'm trying to oh, win a no, minute ma-
2: No, the twenty she beat her before.
1: Oh the twenty year old chick beat oh beat Serena before. Yeah. Oh. Well if that's the case, yes. Then Serena's like, Oh my god, this chick is about to beat me again. <laughs> <laughs> but this time for the for the ship. You know, for, for, the ship. for right, you know, so she's like, she's probably frustrated that I can't. She's thinking, is is my skills diminishing? You know, uh, what what is it about me? Blah, blah 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 blah, and then now you got this 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 ump that's over here talking all this crap. I'm frustrated, not about the ump, but what, what's going on with me and my game. I think it just called Serena a bad time, but I guarantee, if she's a professional and she and he refed or umped her game moving forward, her match, I, I think Serena being the professional that she is, I don't think she would have a problem with it, and I don't think other umpires should look at this one particular incident and try to say that they would never umpire a match that Serena's uh, involved with because it's not like she's out here acting like this or putting on this sort of a show on big title matches. I think it's clearly clearly just shows the frustration that she's realizing that maybe, just maybe, I'm no longer the number one tennis player in the world, <laughs> and somebody got my number. <laughs> but she's
0: not ranked number one, as the number one tennis player in the world.
1: That's only because she had the baby. Cause she didn't. Have, no, I mean seriously, she she can't compete to, to be considered ranked. <laughs>
0: no, but she was ranked 17th, like I think. Well, she,
1: I mean, but well, yeah, Tiger wasn't ranked number one either. Considering he was number one, but now he's in the top ten. <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> uh, look, I I'll
2: tell you one thing: the, the next time that they play, and they will play again.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Serena. is, Serena's, like this. This is not business. This isn't personal. This is business. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be honest sure.
2: with you. Go ahead. <laughs> if you was taking her for any kind of granted in the past, you best believe after this whole thing, she ain't. She ain't now. <laughs> right.
0: If I'm, if I'm Serena. I would ask for Carlos Reynolds to be reffing every single game that she has going forward, and use that as your motivation to do what you need to do. If if they, and I mean, you already have a chip on your shoulder now, so make that chip even bigger to knock it off. That's all you can do at this point.
1: Oh, I think they, I think she's gonna be gunner for it, but the the, the thing is, Serena can't be. Thinking about this young lady so much so that she's blinded by other professionals and gets knocked off by somebody else. Because it's so easy to overlook somebody because you're you're gunning for that one particular person, and the next thing you know, you get knocked off, and you're sitting there like, "Well, what the hell just happened?"
2: Uh... I don't think she's gonna. Over, I don't think she's gonna overlook her, but it, it's like you know, when you're playing basketball, you know that one person out there. You're like, "All right, I need to," you know, give a little extra. You know, you know when you no money on the block, or you know when he coming down the lane, you got to give him a little extra elbow, you know, to kind of be like, all right, that was playtime before. That ain't happening
1: again. Right, right, right. Oh, that'd be a match for the ages.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, that'd be something that tennis fans will definitely want to see. Um,
1: I know I still, <laughs> but I still think that the, the tennis gods or whomever does the seedings will make it so that. They want to make it so that Serena and her make it to the finals or somewhere towards the finals uh, to, get, to generate the ratings. So I could see them pitting her against Venus just to see it's still a William it's still a Williams sister to see how she fares against this one. And if she can go through both of them, then it's really a story moving forward. Even though everybody knows that Venus is you know Venus is not the Venus before Serena came on.
2: (laughs) That would be the story because then you will have a legitimate person where they can say, all right, this person, her time might be, you know, starting to come down and this person has both of their numbers. So Right.
0: But then it, uh, it probably wouldn't even matter because it'll be because everybody will be talking not about her beating the Williams sisters, but it'll be the fact that the Williams sisters lost to her. And if that was to happen, the whole talk would be about Serena losing her step or losing an edge, which is going like to be unfortunate because for whatever reason, they're not going to give Naomi her 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 time to
2: shot. No, not. She's got to start winning some um, tournaments and some grand slams, and
1: then they'll
2: have to take her seriously.
1: Right, right.
0: Well, I know that they would have to do that, but I am already taking Naomi seriously. Naomi, Osaka, <laughs> you keep doing your thing and prove people wrong. I mean, I know Serena is Serena, but you're the future. I'm, I'm letting this – I'm talking to you. You are the future. So do your thing and continue to keep doing your thing. That's just my plug for you. <laughs> but um, we can talk more about that going forward. But, of course, we're at the end of our time. So – um, let everybody know, fellas. Let everybody know where they can reach you at
2: uh, Twitter, Snapchat, the Gram, J E R O S S seven
1: N. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Cat Daddy one nine six three, Cat Daddy one nine six three on Twitter.
0: And of course you can find me in the bed in another hour or so after ah! the update. But also <laughs> might, you can find it might me be 45
2: minutes for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear you. But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am outquarls again. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al I'd Like to thank everybody for checking us out on the podcast. Thanks everybody that's on Instagram for for adding in themselves for following us. Um, on Instagram and checking us out. Um, Check out more video clips of guys talking sports on Instagram now. Um, Give a like. uh, Make sure you subscribe and follow as well. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Google Podcasts, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to a podcast. Make sure you check us out. Um, Really appreciate all the love and support. We really appreciate you guys subscribing as well. Continue to get more people to subscribe and listen to us as well. Um, We really do appreciate it. Um, Again, I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. And until next time, this is Guys Talking Sports. God bless. Good night. Good night.
1: Go
0: Scarlet, thanks.
1: Yeah.